1: Everyone, welcome to Webcology here on Cranberry.fm. It's the 13th of July, 2017. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. Um, Dave, uh, dude, it's, it's how you doing, man? It's been a while.
0: It has been a while, yeah.
2: There were just a couple weeks there where I was in transit during uh, during our show, so couldn't jump on. hope you've had a, a fantastic couple weeks, and we got a lot to catch up on. We, we we certainly do. Okay, so just to recap
1: for the audience, two weeks ago, we got a show together at the last minute. Last week, we weren't able to get a show together, so uh, we had a rerun running last week. Um, Dave's back. This is uh, live to podcast as of, the again, the 13th of um, July, uh, 2017. You know, Dave, no matter how old you get, you, you, I, I don't know what it is, but I can't get... My head out of measuring the year the way that we do in the in Canada and the northern states the way that, that we do with our our school system from like <laughs> summer is the end of say June to the beginning of September.
2: Yeah.
1: So okay. by that measure, this is you know July thirteenth. This is like you know the midway point. I know. It's almost time to get back to school. It's almost yeah. time to get back to work. <laughs> time to get shovel it. It's time the snow. You know, this time next week there's going to be snow on the ground. Yeah, maybe where you are. <laughs> yeah, well, pretty freaking close actually. It's um, it's quite cold where I am today. So, um, I'm in Toronto still, but it's freezing, freaking cold in Toronto. I actually had to put it. I actually had to put pants on today. <laughs> Poor you. I know. Okay, but you know what? I'm I'm a lot better off than the uh, poor Google Search Console users who uh, signed up for the service in uh, between uh, June 21st and July 10th. So, if you're you wouldn't have noticed this, Dave, and you know most people listening to the broadcast won't have noticed this because they're experienced Google Console users, right? Right. How long have you been using
2: Webmaster Tools for? Um, so, like forever.
1: <laughs> well,
2: for one, since it was Webmaster Tools. <laughs> okay, so what,
1: 2004, 2005,
2: when they bought Urchin and turned it into. Uh, and you know what? I would have been one of the early adopters of it, right? Like, so were you, I'm sure. So,
1: okay, that so was. It, and it's more like actually 2008 when they split Webmaster Tools off of Google Analytics. Yeah. Okay, but if you signed up for it in the last few days, well, specifically between uh, June 21st and July 10th, 2017, and you hadn't signed up for it before. Um, Google's um, lost your data it's um, yeah somebody screwed up and they left the gate open and the data ran away and it's gone to that nice <laughs> data farm um, over by the creek and you can go visit it anytime wink wink <laughs> not judge because um, the data's gone It's yeah that's um, would be remarkably embarrassing if it wasn't so enormous
2: <laughs> yeah, but, but one of the things, you know, I, I try and take take good from bad, you know, when you when you can in in something like this. Um, and you know, I feel sorry for the for the people who just you know launched in, and maybe I'm not understanding the full impact. As, as a perk, I guess they they only lost something they only knew existed just just a little bit. Ago.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so well, you weren't interested in that data until you like saw it in the first place. Like, yeah.
2: Um, it's all like, it's people like, and if your account was over three years old, we've lost your data. It's like, oh, crap. <laughs> that would be worse. But one of the things that I could take from this, or, or at least that I do, is isn't it interesting to know a little bit more about their system? Like, I had, until now, thought that it kind of all got lumped together. <laughs> like, that I, I didn't, you know, I didn't really thought, hey, how are they structuring all this data specifically? But I kind of assumed hey, when I'm creating my Search Console account and I'm, I'm getting all my stuff together, I never really thought, hey, this is going to a different place than the other ones. Right? Like that, that somehow it could be lost without the other ones being lost. Right? Like I, I didn't know that before. Well, well again, uh, you would have had to be a new user, never
1: had an account before, who has just set up in this, this time period on the 21st of June to the, the 10th of July. Mm-hmm so um you know like if you were to set up a new account on on beanstalk's uh stable of accounts or to incorporate a client's account into you know what beanstalk has access to that that is that data should be fine and solid you know it ain't going nowhere
2: right but isn't it interesting to know that those new accounts are are stored differently like that somehow if you had a new account it's stored in a different place. It's not just lumped in with the rest of ours. And something I'm now wondering, and, and maybe maybe somebody knows this and, and I just haven't encountered it yet. What if you had an old Google account, like you'd had analytics running for years and now you're just adding Search Console for the first time? Now I have to wonder, like is, is your account still stored with those of us that have been having accounts for years or is your account now stored in a, in a in a in a junior location, right? Like one that obviously isn't as, Secured or back <laughs> because they they could lose it. Um, That's possible. It's
1: possible that somebody just screwed up the settings. You know, um, on on a new server on a new server configuration. Um, the thing that 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 this is this isn't the first hiccup we've had with uh, with Search Console in the last in the last twelve months. It's no. the third or fourth um, significant hiccup we've had.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Which you know would make me wonder, well, actually it's kind of making me wonder now, not, not not, that there's a hell of a lot I can do about it, um, but how, what's the veracity
2: of the data that I do know? You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, I know exactly what you mean. What might be missing that you don't know is missing, or what might have been screwed up that you don't know has been screwed up because you don't have any signal that's telling you it didn't just go away where you clearly know it's gone it's just been skewed or, or screwed up in some way um that, that you might not know about That's that's a really interesting and uh, um, as you point out quasi-disturbing question so question one is might this have happened because there's no proof that
1: it that it has question two is if it did did it happen to everybody right and question three, if it did happen to multiple people or to, quote, unquote, everybody, did the same sort of thing and the same, same data sets get lost for everybody, if that's true, then it's no big deal. Right. But if people have different data sets that got lost over different periods of time and it's like, you know, this, this big, uh, there's, 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 there's no one, no baseline, then the data you have is practically useless.
2: Oh, indeed. And I mean, I would rather lose my data than just have my data screwed up, right? Because at least if you lose data, (laughs) you, you, you know, you don't have it, right? So, so it's a, but it's when you're, you know, I, I, I have to be concerned here. Like these people, at least they lost it. So you can, you know, sort of learn again, right? Like the, the data will accumulate again. Uh, but what if something screws up in such a way that the data just applies some odd little multiplier to keyword volumes or, yeah. you know, yeah. false positive on a, a 302 as a 404 and start showing up in your broken link report. So right something like that, that's, that would just show up and you may not know is false, um, you know, those are the sorts of errors that I'm concerned about now because you bring up a really good point. This isn't the first, is no, it? No, is search no. Console is having problems,
1: yeah. Yeah, and um, it's not like Google actually well, Google's good about telling you stuff after it's happened. Oh, uh, yeah. you might have noticed something. Um, <laughs> uh, you might have noticed it was really cold in here, it's because we forgot to close the doors last <laughs> night, you know, right? Um, so. We'll see. Cross your fingers. Um, again, not. This is. Just, there's. There's. The only problem we know of is that twenty days of missing data between the twenty-first and the tenth. But that does beg a bunch of questions. Yeah. Um, where was I going to jump? There was a fun place to jump from there. Um, you know what? We got five minutes, before we're gonna have to go to a break. Danny Goodwin, this whistle. Had we been on the air last week, we'd have covered this last week. Um, this, is, this is about ten days old news, but it's worth mentioning because um, in both of our careers, uh, Dave, I'm sure this, this Danny's been an important figure in your career. I know he's been an important figure in my career. Um, Danny Goodwin is now the editor in chief at Search Engine Journal.
2: Yeah, big congrats to him.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and well, and to Search Engine Journal too, eh? Um, yeah, that's that's
2: just a win across the board.
1: Yeah, and how to say this, Danny's one of those guys who gives really good guidance to, uh, to his writers and um, you know he has an overall vision of where he wants to see the publications he edits go. And um, they tend to be stronger for having
2: him at the helm. Oh, very, very much. And you know what I, I'm gonna call it, I had um, just submitted a, a piece to him. Uh, About a week ago, I I had one do and he came back and and this is one of the reasons I really, really like Danny is he said no. (laughs) And this is why I love having him as an editor. Well, he basically came back. And so I'm just admitting, hey, this happens to all writers at some point, basically going, it's a fine piece, but it's not for our audience. Um, you know, doesn't hit search quite as much. And, and you know, here's some other places that it would work, but you know, to give you some examples, but no, hey, could you write a piece about this, which, of course, I did. And it'll it'll be live, you know, in, in, you know, in the next little while because he came out with a really, really good idea. But that's the kind of quality that he puts into, um, you know, the, the the places that he's the editor of is. He's willing to call, even though I've been writing for him for for years at various publications that he's been an editor of, but he's still willing to come out and go, yeah, I might like you. It might be a good piece, but this isn't exactly what our target market here wants. So here, write me a new one and make it about this. (laughs) It's great. He's a great editor. I'm really glad he's taken over. It'll be a joy to work with, but also keep up that quality that I rely on Search Engine Journal for to to get me information and know that, yep, those writers are taking the same stuff from him that I am. (laughs) <laughs> but If they're not writing something that that audience needs, that I want to read, that it's not going to make the cut, and that's awesome.
1: Well, again, congratulations. Uh, go go to Danny Goodwin, and again to uh, to the Journal. I think both both are the big winners in this one. Yep. <laughs> so, um, yesterday, yesterday, did you uh, did you do your bit in the battle for the net?
0: I, uh,
2: well, I know we've talked about it enough that I guess maybe I can say yes. Uh, no, I didn't yesterday. I anyway, got distracted with stuff and I know, you know what I normally would have. I didn't even like put up a, a big, you know, post on, on Facebook about it, which normally I would ever, or, or change the logo on our site. But, um, you know, I just got distracted with, uh, with other things, but let's talk about it. Cause this is a super important issue. And, and Jim, maybe you want to take it cause you, You've, from, the, from the get-go, from our first debate, um, you've taken the, the side of net neutrality, and that's what yesterday was all about.
1: Yeah, well, um, yes, the FCC is threatening to move ahead with um, limiting the conditions that create net neutrality. Um, net neutrality is the basic concept that all Internet signals, you know, provided it's legal content, all Internet signals are to be treated equal as equal by um, Internet service providers. So Comcast should not be charging more from a video that that um, originates from a, Veriz- a Verizon service or server, and Verizon itself shouldn't be charging more for content that comes from, say, a Comcast server or service. Um the web has been built on the idea that all data is equal and should be treated as equal. Mm -hmm. Because of that, we have companies like Google, uh, companies like Netflix, companies like Amazon, and companies like Pornhub. (laughs) You know what?
2: (laughs) Just flip that one in at the end.
1: (laughs) Say what... laugh, Laugh all you want, Dave, but come on, the truth is... The majority of the early people in our industry came from adult. We really did. That's like that's where the money was at the earliest days of the web, mm-hmm. and in many ways, that's where the money still is on the web. And Pornhub can tell people around the world more about their, you know, various fetish and ki- fetishes and kinks and uses of the web. Then, you know, pretty much anybody out there. Like hub Pornhub, Pornhub's got that data. And uh, you know, luckily they don't leave it like a router, it would get all sticky. <laughs> um, so uh, and so 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 but the point is without net neutrality, these businesses could not have existed. YouTube could not have existed without net neutrality. And now we have hundreds of thousands of hours of kitten videos being uploaded to YouTube um, every day. But that's okay. This is the world that loves kitten videos. Um, So much wouldn't be possible. Our jobs likely wouldn't have evolved the way they did if it weren't for net neutrality. Yeah. and it's the web is in my mind and you know this is this is definitely arguable um, compound interest could be could be the other human innovation that did, that created more money but i would suggest that the internet is the greatest single wealth generator in human history <laughs> um and to kill that goose that la- lays that golden egg is yeah. Um, uh, it's, I'm not going to call it a crime against humanity because I don't think it quite qualifies as that. But it's foolishness and greed of the utmost uh, of the utmost proportion, and it has to be you know resisted because again, this environment we all rely on. So, yesterday the battle for the. Battleforthenet.com was the common URL. It went to a page that um, allowed uh, America, uh, uh, American citizens to write their Congress people, uh, um, write the FCC. Um, I wrote a blog post and put a um, slowly spinning overlay. Um, you had to watch for a couple seconds for the eight people or so who might have visited my website yesterday. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, it was a huge response. A lot of people jumped in on it. Most major websites had uh, done something to mark the day, and um, here's to hoping it makes a difference.
2: Indeed. Indeed.
1: Okay, friends, on that, we got to take a break here on Webcology, here on Cranberry.fm. It's the 13th of July, 2017. And if you haven't gotten out there doing stuff, friends, get out there. you got six weeks of summer left. Um, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, Dave Davies from Talk Internet Marketing, and we're going to be back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. After these messages.
3: boom, Pack. How much are your best ideas worth? PriorThings.com gives you an added layer of protection for all of your intellectual property, ideas, and creative things. New business idea, pitch deck, PowerPoint presentation, song lyrics, source code, killer blog posts, we help you protect it all. How do we do it? We use the same technology platform that secures transactions for Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. Learn more at priorThings.com. Check out exclusive listener pricing for Cranberry Radio Listeners by going to bit.ly slash foundercircle.
0: Is your website hacked? Is your website
2: displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded.
3: where affiliate marketing gets its buzz and mobile has its presence. Cranberry Radio, online anytime at cranberry.fm.
0: Webcology takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the Internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies
1: everyone, welcome back to Ecology here on Cranberry.fm. It's the 13th of June, 2017. And uh, Dave, I have, I have to go to you on this one, because I don't totally understand how these things work. But, um, you know, Greg Sterling, um, over at uh, Search Engine Land. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I love reading Greg's work. I've been, I've been reading his work for like 15, maybe 20 years now. Um, yeah. And Greg has always sort of covered the uh, the business, the business and the advertising side of things. And when I say business, I mean like Wall Street and Madison Avenue sort of business. Mm-hmm. Um, the consultancy firm Walter Sands uh, releases a report, Future of Retail. Greg Sterling covered it last week in uh, search engine land. And, um, well, Apparently, retail is being completely gobbled up by the web.
2: We saw that uh, with Prime Day; that's for sure. We saw
1: that with Prime Day, and I'm I'm, I'm going to get to that in a second too. <laughs> Yesterday was Amazon Prime Day, but okay. You have a voice controlled uh, internet device. You got I do. a a Google Home, right? Yep. Is it? It's called Google Home, right? It's Amazon Echo, Google Home. Yep. Yeah. Things are changing rapidly. On, on the way we relate to the web have you made a purchase with your uh voice device yet
2: i have not but i've made reservations um okay. and now that wasn't with my home device it was on my phone but using the personal assistant which i believe is is included in the metrics that they're talking about
1: absolutely then that's still that's still a voice activated um purchase yeah exactly Okay, so 19% of consumers, th- these are American consumers, so you're a bit of an outlier here being uh, being up in Canada, but we're going to we're gonna lump you in with the Americans anyway,
2: okay? <laughs> okay, 19- I am below the 49th parallel located where I am, so.
1: Yes, you, you are below the belt, so. Um, uh, or the 49th, sorry, the 49th parallel. So, 19% of consumers made a purchase using voice control device in the last month. Mm-hmm. That's 90% of the 1,600 consumers or so that uh, uh, Walker Sands asked, okay? Yep. When they got to the group, the demograph Millennials, that number jumped to 37%. So over, over one-third. Um, they always shop online using voice-controlled devices, or they often shop online using voice-controlled devices. Yeah. So one-third of Millennials. But of that group... 43 percent had made a purchase using voice in the last 12 months um, webmasters if you know if those numbers hold true when you're not taking notice then you're not a really good marketer <laughs> like um, the the age of the keyboard is over oh yeah this, this is like we were we were looking at the I remember when we were looking at initial mobile figures back in 2006, 2007, and then 2008 happened when the iPhone was released. And the numbers uh, jumped very similar to the way these numbers are jumping now. You know, except except it's happening faster now than it was
2: um, 10 years ago. Well, yeah, and it makes sense because because of that iPhone... Um, I already have the device in my hand that I need for this to happen, and I'm used to adopting technologies, and we've got millennials who are much they're more all- comfortable, like, who were raised on this type of thing.
1: Well, yeah, they're um, always on. They've never yeah. known anything but the, 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 the internet and techno uh, era. The, that's, a, yeah. that's all they've ever known.
2: And one of the interesting stats that I, I found out of out of this piece as well, and it's just it, it kind of makes me chuckle. Um, was the forty eight percent who were basically not ever going to right the forty eight percent who said uh, we're never going to do this, um, which I find kind of a, a, a humorous.
0: Uh, yeah, well, it, I
2: guess I guess it is um, only because say it,
0: face you know, on.
2: um, but. That's because we're picturing it in an environment that it is right now. Would everybody do it right now? No. Would I order a pair of shoes sight unseen, like, through my Google Home? No. No, I wouldn't. So we're visualizing it from that context, but that's not the context we're going to live in, right? Like, just because, like, even the, the echo, some of the new Echoes have screens, right? Like, it's, it's a completely different... There's about to be a completely different environment that we're dealing with. And it will be voice first, whether you like it or not. And it won't even be because you like it or not. It's because voice is easier for most people. right. And I've got my, my home sitting on my desk right now. Um, and I've got six monitors also on that desk. So yeah, sure. Am I going to sit there and punch away at my keyboard and, and, you know, use my mouse or am I just going to talk to my phone? If it can start displaying that stuff on my screens, you know, it, it's, it's it's gonna i mean obviously you know it this is this is if you can you tell i'm getting excited about these stuff <laughs> i can tell like, you're getting yeah.
1: it
2: now my problem is i i
1: just don't want this like automatic listening device always automatically listening maybe i grew up with too much orwell in my life or something
2: oh no and that's that's a, a completely legitimate and fair i mean i keep mine and like, you know, most of the time I'll leave it unplugged. Um, I, I do still have that sort of quasi eek. At the same time, I'll sit with my phone on my desk. And what is it got built into it? The exact same systems, right? Like we all, I oh, don't indeed, want to do a listing, but yeah, but you'll carry your phone around. <laughs> and yeah. it's doing the exact same thing. Um, maybe not for you. I don't know if you still have a BlackBerry, but I do. For a good reason. So yours isn't listening to you waiting for you to say, oh, I got to make sure this is unplugged. Okay, Google. (laughs) Buy me a sofa. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's I, I love what we're, what we're dealing with and, and what we're about to see in, in the future. I get super excited about it, and I, I think we're on this cutting edge of something really, really brilliant. And I think any marketer is not paying attention to this specific batch of stats and what this means, um, especially because the millennials aren't going to be – well, they'll always be millennials, I guess, but they're now going to be people buying completely different products and services in, say, five years. When this technology is incredibly powerful, that's right when the millennials are going to be into a different demographic. And anybody selling into the the slightly, you know, millennials plus five years demographic, um, whatever products and services you have, home loans, whatever it is, you really need to be paying attention to what's going on right now um and, and and that's because but as it's taking off, that's your market your market is is the powerful force that is millennials who are used to using this technology and who are early adopting it now and will be totally comfortable with it uh five years from now when they're hitting your market and 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 the technology catches up to what they're trying to accomplish it's 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 exciting and uh and I think there's a lot of opportunity for people who are paying attention
1: when what dave's basically saying is when the millennials finally get some money in their pockets <laughs>
2: Well, you know what I find interesting, and 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 you're seeing it too. Um, but one of the people in this article, and it is hitting the millennials. Like millennials have a, a lot of them have money. It's just that they're what they're choosing to spend it on is different. Well, who's one of the people on board? Makes perfect sense. The millennials purchase experience as opposed to purchasing like we were told to when we were kids. And so kayak is on board yeah. now, right? Yeah. And, kayaks enabling it well why because the millennials are using it and and kayak provides experience um so makes makes absolute sense and and it's good that they're in there um and and you're right it's sort of i'm looking to the future going yeah and in a few years though they'll be they'll have the experiences under their belt and be moving on to a different demographic that'll that'll be now looking to settle down maybe a little later than the than, than we were were sort of conforming to do <laughs> um and uh, and and paving a, a completely different environment for for people to be selling into, so it's 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 exciting. I I love it, and I'm really happy the millennials are jumping on the way they are because it's going to drive this technology. Going back to your analogy earlier, the same way Pornhub um, drove video streaming, right? I mean, <laughs> and sites like them, right? I mean, that's the reason we have the capacity for video streaming uh, and and super high speed internet. So. Um, and the millennials are going to drive this in um, in, in purchasing and, and through voice search. So it's 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 a brave new world. Fully, yep, yeah. and an interesting one at that.
1: Yep. Okay, and uh, you know what, uh, guys? Like um, two weeks ago, we talked about uh, uh, the announcement that that Danny Sullivan was uh, was stepping back from the industry. Yep. Um. Actually this this is this is the first millennial retiree in our industry. Rand Fishkin announced um uh that he's stepping back from his role with Moz. Yeah. As of as of um early next year.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I don't know that I saw that one coming quite yet. Um well, there's a, there's a little bit of gray in that mustache.
1: I noticed last time I saw him, there was a little bit of gray in his mustache, eh?
3: Oh, yeah,
2: and do I blame him? I'm like, yeah, you know what? If I had a, I mean, I don't know exactly what it is, obviously, but if I had the bank account he did, would I still be working day to day, or would I go, yeah, I'm going to show up once a week for a meeting and tell you all what I think and then leave, right? <laughs> so, probably. That's not a bad route to go. Um but yeah, it's it's it sort of caught me a, a little bit off guard. Uh, yeah, I mean not, not in a horrible way, but it's sort of like oh okay that happened. Um, but I mean congratulations to him for you know hitting that part of his his career where where he can afford to do that. It'll be interesting to see next is he actually retiring or is it like a I've done all I can do with this. You know he, it just became profitable for the first time, like really profitable. Um, you know, for the first time in, in years, um, which was one of his big goals, obviously, after getting the VC money and then, and then boosting up. So, or, to, you know, is it just time for him to go, okay, you know, let's, let's launch a new, let's launch a new thing now. It's, it's time to move on and, and do something, you know, build a well, new thing again.
1: You know, Rand was, uh, <laughs> Rand was very open that, um, with the fact that, that he deals with depression. And mm-hmm. during that whole, uh, that glorious launch up, the, the the two or three rounds of funding that uh, that he went after for Moz and the buildup of Moz. Um, every once in a while, he would fall into an unfathomable funk and uh, be in a really bad place. And again, Rand's been really open and, and, and honest about that. Um, I got a feeling that he's really just going to be putting his feet up on Puget Sound, somewhere on Puget Sound. Um, he's going to be sticking around as chairman of the board. He's going to assume a volunteer role as Moz associate, which means he's a senior marketer who's uh, still an honored part of the Moz community, but like not um, involved in Moz directly, involved in Moz. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, him and his mom founded the company back in 2002, 16 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, they started. Uh, it was just two thousand and seven when they transitioned from SEO firm to software as service firm. Um and seven years after that, when he stepped down as CEO in 2014, uh, with and to be replaced by by current CEO Sarah Bird, so that's that's an incredible, incredibly it's a short career but an incredible career, right? So
2: congratulations yeah. to him. Yeah, indeed, indeed, and uh, I'll be seeing him next week, so that'll be, I'll, I'll get to do it in person.
1: Where are you seeing Where are you seeing Rand? Um, uh, Mozcon Moscow, doy, of course.
2: Yep. So I'll grab us some interviews while I'm there. Please do, um, and
1: if you can get if you can get him to sit in, to sit down for a show, that would be amazing.
2: <laughs> Getting him to just sit down is amazing. The guy's <laughs> always moving, uh, but uh, yeah, I'll see what I can do and, and get him locked down, and maybe we can chat with him in person about um, you know what what the next steps are and uh, yeah, what's going down.
1: Threaten him. I, <laughs> threaten him. Tell him this. Jim knows a bunch of techno hippies on a bus who will come and grab him if he doesn't come on the show. Say that <laughs> Say that directly to him. And I promise, I promise, he'll either laugh at you or he'll agree to come on the show. <laughs> All <of those>. right. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay, we got about uh, three three minutes before we got to take another break. So what do we got here that's, that's quick?
2: You know what? Why don't we touch on uh, Prime Day? Because that's, uh, that's pretty quick, and we said we were going to touch on it. Um, and, Amazon I'm- rocked it. Did you buy anything? <laughs> uh I didn't uh, well I bought a gift uh, for my son. He, however, bought three things. <laughs> so, Dave, uh, so yeah, there was there was Prime Day shopping in our house.
1: I am so old. I have to look at you in all serious all seriousness and go, What the hell is Prime Day?
2: <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, once a year <clears throat> pardon me. Once a year, Amazon has Amazon prime day and it's for all the Amazon prime members, uh, which is like a sort of premium membership to Amazon that gets you free two day shipping, right? For, for listeners in the audience who may not know what Amazon prime is. It gets you a few other things too, but that's the big one.
3: Um,
2: and so it's for, for regular shoppers. Anyway, they have sales for prime members. It's one day they're just littered with, with different sales. Um, it's only for prime members and, uh, yeah so there was there was a lot of shopping to be had a lot of people buying crap they didn't know they needed 3 seconds earlier until they saw it on their screen right like i have a feeling most of that shopping was like that um in my kid's defense he knew what he was going in for he knew he was looking for something specifically on sale found it bought it um, so he didn't get out of control and then he, I saw his eyes glow at something and I was like, okay, that'll make a great uh, birthday gift. So I <laughs> bought something I didn't know I wanted, but only cause I was like, okay, I can see his, his eyes are lighting up. So he'll like to get this for his birthday. Um, so yeah, but that's essentially what prime day is and they ho- hold it every year. This year's prime day, their sales were up 60% over last year. Sixty, <laughs> Like that's outstanding And I don't know if it's just that there's more Prime members Or if there's more people buying more stuff Or even less people buying more stuff I, I don't know how those numbers break down right now But um, good for them You know there was a
1: chart that I saw published recently That um, shows really since uh, March of uh, 2016 So just over a year and a half ago Or sorry, just under a year and a half ago Amazon's share of um, store-based sales versus online sales mm-hmm. has uh, surpassed and almost tripled the average uh, growth in retail sales. Just you know, reported uh, sales in shops across America has been trebled by Amazon in the last year and a half.
2: And you know what? It's not surprising, and with the with the purchase of Whole Foods. Um, and and the entry into completely different markets, including you know obviously fresh food, um, it, it, it's it's going to be it's going to be very very interesting to see the the powerhouse they're about to become, and really what does that do to even companies like Google if they just have everything that I want? Um, yeah, well, what yeah. does that what does that do to people who are online
1: retailers competing against Amazon? Um, yeah. Like maybe I don't know half my clients. Um, like something something web marketers have to actually think hard about. Um, this is like our client base many for many of us, this is our client base that's actually being threatened here. um i'm I haven't talked to Jeff Bezos recently um ever since I spilt the spilt all that coffee on his yacht, but um I don't think he needs our help. <laughs> I, don't, I don't expect to be writing
2: proposals for Jeff Bezos anytime soon. No, probably not. Um, yeah, it's going It's 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 an interesting. It, it's this is a really really. And you know what? I can't help but go. Yeah. And now we've got the echo coming up because we got Amazon. One of their big, big sales items was the, um, Amazon echo dot, which is just like a smaller $35 Amazon echo. Um, but it essentially does the same thing. And then our conversation earlier about, uh, voice first devices and voice based search and, and product, um, acquisition that way. Well, now you've got a bunch more people because it was their top selling item was this, this echo dot. Um, you, you've, you know, put one of those on, on just a bunch of tables now of people who are conditioned to purchase from Amazon and now they have this voice device um, yeah. to, to make these purchases by it's. It, it's going to be really, really, really interesting to see what these figures are like next year. And what I'd actually be curious to know, and I hope somebody does a study, maybe I need to sort out to do it is how many of next year's Amazon Prime purchases or even through the holiday season next year, how many of those are done on voice now that everybody has, or a lot more people have those voice-first devices?
1: Oh, again, watch these numbers. Uh, like I said, Dave, and I, I remember watching the uh, the mobile adoption numbers, uh, mm-hmm. and, and um, it wasn't until uh, 2014... So 2008 to 2014, that um, mobile usage had surpassed uh, desktop usage in Google searches. Yeah. That took uh, that took about four, four and a half years to happen. We're going to see this happen in the voice world within two years.
3: Uh, I, I can to agree.
1: I, I tend
2: to agree yeah is that it'll happen very very rapidly and it won't be that we lose our, our our displays we'll keep our displays we just won't be typing with fat fingers on tiny keyboards anymore <laughs> indeed okay
1: on that we really got we gotta grab a break here we got some we got some more interesting stuff to talk about but before we can do that we got we gotta to... Have you all listened to some of this? So, on behalf of Dave Davies from BSOC Internet Marketing, as is Jim Edwin, Digital Always Media. You're listening to Webcology on cranberry.fm. It's the 13th of July, 2017. Back off these messages.
0: Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Marijuana!
2: TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think
3: eBrands.
2: Free and unlimited SEO audit reports.
3: eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. E-Brands. Let E-Brands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access
2: to their white label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great
3: ROI and results. Try E-Brands for 30 days. Go to ebrandswithaz.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's E-Brands with a Z for E-Brands. Cranberry Radio online anytime at Cranberry.fm
0: Webcology takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. We are the hosts Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back
1: to Webcology here on Cranberry.fm. It's the 13th of July, 2017. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, Dave Davis from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. And uh, Dave, we are going to have to get uh, Mike Blumenthal or um, uh, 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 Barry Schwartz on the show sometime soon. Because one of these guys will have definitely done this. I haven't done this yet. I've got a couple clients that, that rely heavily on uh, Google, Lo- Google My Business or what used to be called Google Local. Yep, um, you can now instigate an instant message conversation directly with a customer who does a search for you and finds your Google finds your your, your, your um, listing in Google in Google Local Panel. You can now, if they're on a mobile device, you can now initiate a live time conversation with them.
2: You can. I've got uh, one of my clients already. Um, in the process of, of sort of enabling it because there are a couple of very, very simple steps you need to do to, to go in as the business and enable it. Um, so you're
1: already messing with
2: this. I am, yeah. I can't as me because I'm in Canada, and so it hasn't rolled out for me. Um, but yeah, I've got a client um, who does uh, property management and, and property rentals, uh, and he has a lot of local-based mm-hmm. business, and he's, got, he's very, very proactive, as are his team.
0: <laughs> so uh, so, I so i knew i could trust fun. them
2: to do this properly and and so they're they're already in the process of getting this set up and figuring out who's going to be responsible for for monitoring it and making sure somebody's always there to you know sort of chat with people who who might be initiating chats with them it is super exciting for people who don't know um what it is um head over to search engine land um there's google begins rolling out Uh, messaging feature with Google My Business. Um, It's a good article to read by, as you call it, Barry Schwartz. You're right. We should have Mike Blumenthal or or him on the radio soon to talk about the power of this. And we're seeing a lot of changes in local right now. So, hey, we can just talk about a lot of stuff. Um, And, uh, yeah, to me, it is. It's an exciting new function. um, And I think it's going to be really, really, really powerful um, for people who are relying on mobile. I'm, I'm thinking restaurants. Um, because it's super powerful and mobile, and, and giving people those those abilities, I can only imagine that it's going to be pretty soon that we're going to see um, voice communication added in, like just quick chats back and forth, not meant like to replace a phone call, but just a quick and easy uh, voice or video chat. I can only imagine that's on the the near horizon. Um, but in the meantime, it's it's just a really really handy. Um, sort of system for, for quick and easy communication. Where are you? You know, sort of, I, and I don't mean personal, you know, where are you? But like, I can't find your location or, yeah. um, you know, how um, no well, much is a pizza or whatever. Those those sorts of things are really, really well, handy. Or back
1: at you, Mr. Davies, when can we expect you
2: in? You know, I,
1: yeah. I, I could can, I can use this to um, actually start asking you those kind of leading questions that a real retail superstar knows how to ask the customer, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um this, I think this is phenomenal. No, it's, it's it's totally gonna change the way that like work assignments are are headed out in an office. You will never let the new guy be responsible for this because like he's just gonna screw around with it, right? And well
2: that, would... it it's true, but I have to wonder how long until one of and I'm going to go, here's me seeing the future, within two weeks we're gonna see this. Um is one of the chatbot manufacturers. Yeah, <laughs> coming in with a with a capability to have a chat bot responding to to these requests, right? I, I can only imagine that that's coming pretty fast. And for some businesses, that may work. It may still be better than not having anything, as long as you're like, this is a chat bot right out of the gate, um, you know, to to sort of answer some quick and easy questions that maybe you get a bunch of common ones, and then. You know, fling it over to a human being if uh, if it doesn't. Happen. Anyway, I, I'm betting we're going to see that here in the not too distant future. Um, and, and it actually would be a good idea for, for somebody to develop who's smarter than me at building stuff like that. But in, in the meantime, for anybody who cares about local, cares about map listings, head over to Search Engine Land, read the article. It's it's up today. Um, and, uh, and and a really uh, can you again another thing I'm excited about. It's been an awesome week. Um, so yeah, folks should yeah, should nice. get set up. You know, all,
1: all kidding aside, this is actually one of the more one of the more powerful tools that uh, Google has given given um, local marketers. So I think this is wonderful. Yeah. Um, okay, I think this is probably going to be our last one, Dave. Where do you feel like
2: going? Uh Let's see. Okay. Well, I guess we've got... Uh, well, we can chat it if you want, unless you've got another story. Uh, the uh, report over on Mars uh, by Alexandra, I, I would totally mispronounce her last name. Ta- Takalova.
0: Yeah. Takalova. Uh, I, I'm I guessing I since,
2: right. since you jumped on that one, they, that's a story you were you were thinking of touching on as well.
1: I was um- that name for the, the entire break to get it right. <laughs>
0: Takalova.
1: Okay. Okay. Um. Go for it. So, um, Alexandra Takalova, um, over at Moz, um, with the help of her friends at, at SimilarWeb, has um, taken a look at the most popular U.S. industries and, and, and traffic shares. Um, some you know completely obvious stuff: um, Google, Facebook, YouTube, Yahoo, and Amazon own about one third of the total U.S. traffic market. Like, um, these, those five companies basically decide what sites you're going to visit and what ads you're going to see while you visit them, um, by the recommendations they give you. Um, top five internet industries are internet telecom, arts entertainment, news media, shopping, and adult <laughs> entertainment, controlling Eighty-two and a half percent of all business in the U.S. It's um, phenomenal. Some of these numbers—such a small number of companies—control what we do online every day. Yeah. Um, I yeah. could just go on reading stats, but what did you pick out of here that that was really salient to you, Dave?
2: Um, well, one of the ones, and you know what? We uh, let's go back to the well, and we'll talk about <laughs> one, one of the big ones that jumped out at me um, as far as the the quick stats sort of side of thing, which I think all we have we have time to sort of cover. But for for folks listening, um, head over to the Moz blog, um, the the full pieces there, and there's a lot of really interesting data that um, in the shopping category, so the most profitable category on the web, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, In the shopping category 74% of the market share Is split between Amazon and eBay
1: And how is Um, it split, this killed me
2: Yeah I know Um, So Amazon in the entire Shopping category on the web Amazon controls 51.24 So Amazon controls Over half of the most profitable Category on the web Um, eBay coming in At a very very healthy 22.01% so they hold a very solid chunk of a very profitable segment um so yeah i mean two of, of probably the the powerhouse um sites right now um i i would say are, are amazon and, and ebay yes google and and others are, are sort of influencing decisions but at the same time amazon and ebay are controlling essentially um the sector with the, the highest profitability in it so that's 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 powerful um, and so that's that's what really hit me, and I mean eBay, you know, sort of not quite so much because it's not really the same go-to that Amazon is. Um, the, the power of Amazon is so completely
1: demonstrated in these numbers, eh?
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's just like, oh, okay, you you know, I understand why Google's eyeballing them and going, okay, and, and people were calling in a couple of years ago, and I remember the first time I heard it going, oh, I don't quite get it, and then actually thinking about it and going, oh, I, I see what you're saying there, um, is Amazon is the challenger to Google, and it, it's really, really clear in that in that stat if more and more people are just purely going straight to amazon they're prime members it's their default as it is mine when i want to buy something online i check there first because i know i can get free two-day shipping right i mean Mm -hmm. if you're one of those people um you know now you're just bypassing google for the thing that people are buying ads for um you know or or one of the primary things people purchase ads for is stuff they're selling so that's that's a big problem what does that do to google in the long run right and, and that's that's the thing um and then we see and i know i, I touched on it earlier but like with the with the purchase of whole foods a few weeks ago um you know now if they're getting into into the the, the food market okay i mean essentially that's not going to hurt google specifically except in an enemy of my enemy kind of way but it may take down um you know companies like walmart who's the one who should really really be worried about that because now you've got amazon with products at comparable prices from Amazon Prime members who get free two-day shipping, and they're going to be introducing. The only thing Walmart kind of still had um, was you could still get inexpensive fresh produce there. Well, now that's gone. So now what? Well, now if Amazon can take down Walmart or at least do a, a serious dent in them, Mm -hmm. Okay, now what does that do? Um, And in this case, I don't think that directly impacts Google, except it puts more money and resources in Amazon's hands to continue the battle. Um, And this is only like, we're only talking about the shopping. I mean, Amazon's got massive influence, um, you know, through AWS, like Amazon's web services. I mean, they're, they're diversified. And they have a huge power over the internet and massive access to, to data as to what everybody's doing. I have Amazon Web Services account. I use them for you know CDNs. I use them for um, you know sort of remote access desktops so I can check rankings and everything. Like I have a few. <laughs> so and they have access not to my specific data because it's encrypted, but to at least understand what I'm using, what images I'm serving in in the case of CDNs and stuff. So it's it's they have a lot of power and and. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see a couple of years down the road when those millennials are buying more and more stuff online, um, how much more powerful they get, and whether Google's even a go-to to them uh, because Amazon's just much more convenient with that device to just pull up the products and and you don't even need to need to touch anything, right so it I know, think that's that's going to be a big win for them
1: i I used to sort of roll my eyes at this story, but did do you know why Jeff Bezo's named it Amazon?: Why. I don't. To signify because it has an A and a Z in the word to signify that um, they carry everything from A to Z. Okay? Hmm. okay. I don't think that I don't think even Bezos, megalomaniac that the dude is, I don't think that even he understood that he would actually control the web from A to Z at one point. Um, I don't think that was his intention when he started on Amazon, but it's certainly what's happening.
2: No, I mean I remember you're from Victoria, right? Like when they bought um, a books, right? Like a, yes. Yes. Book, right? like they, and they, they bought it because they sold books. <laughs> yeah,
1: was shocking when they bought a books, right. And now a yeah. a books are so tiny. It was quaint.
2: Yeah. 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 And now, but at that time it was a big acquisition here. Certainly anyway. I mean, I'm sure it was, you know, not the largest on Amazon's part, but yeah, they, they completely changed what they, what they are. And, and it's going to be really neat to watch, uh, the next little bit.
1: There it is, friends. You heard it on the Thursday, July 13th, 2017 edition of Webcology. Everything you know is about to change, and it's Jeff Bezos' fault Don't spill coffee on his yacht. That's the these are the things that we've learned from Webcology today. Um we got to wrap. <laughs> it's been a full hour and a fun hour it's been. Um so, friends, on behalf of Dave Davies from Beatsong Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You've been listening to Webcology on on Cranberry.fm, again, on the 13th of July, 2017. Get out there and enjoy summer while you can. Enjoy it safely and responsibly, but most of all, get out there and enjoy it because it's almost done. We'll be back next week. Talk to you later.